0: You're listening to Do What You Want Radio, a podcast series for creative entrepreneurs, freelancers, and those ready to learn how to do what they want. I'm your host, Jordan Heffler. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome back to Do What You Want Radio. I'm sitting here today with Teresa Bartlett. She has a brand called In The Wild, and it is her what would you say? Clothing reselling brand? Yes. So basically you were saying a thrift flipper. Thrift flipper. Yeah. yeah. That's a hard one to say, but yeah, I don't know how to categorize you, which is why it's going to be a good show. Um, cause there's lots to talk about, but so give a little bit of a background on who you are and what you do.
1: Sure. So I just moved to Baton Rouge back in August and I had decided to do this full time in March of last year. I was I knew I was moving, so I wasn't sure like what I wanted to do next steps with my career. I have a background in interior design, and I had been doing this part-time since, I don't know, college, my sophomore year. So I've been doing it for like six years, and I was kind of tired of the nine-to-five world and wanted to see if I could do this full-time, and so I took a leap of faith and went ahead and was like,
0: okay, let's do this. <laughs> so... I'm just going to get out of the way now, but I'm sure people always bring this up to you, but like, have you read or watched Girlboss? Yes. So
1: everybody like references that and I tell them what I do.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if that's, if you take that as a compliment or if you're annoyed by it, but I mean, that's the only reference I have to anyone who like has been successful doing the flipping thing. And so, um, what, what are your thoughts or what are your opinions on Girlboss and Sophia?
1: Oh, I thought it was great. I mean, that's kind (laughs) of like how I got started too. I found, um, some, well, actually I take that back. I started by um, looking through my old closet Mm -hmm. and um, finding pieces that were mine that I didn't want anymore. And then I started looking at thrift stores and like,
0: well, I could flip this for money. Yeah. So. That's incredible because, I mean, normal people... And not, th- not to say you're not normal, but you know, like people who don't do that, they just get rid of stuff or mm-hmm. they just drop it off at the donation station or, right. I mean, I've sold some stuff on eBay before too, but it's a lot of work. I like, it's so much more work than people think. And so there's times that I just give up and go donate because I don't feel like going through all the trouble of listing it. But it's really cool to hear that you're doing this like full time so that there's definitely like opportunity to make some solid money doing it. Um... So how did you get started flipping products? Like you just were doing stuff with your closet or how did you just know to go out and buy things that you thought would be valuable to resell?
1: Um, doing a lot of research. Mm -hmm. So at first, like I said, it was my own personal items and it was like American Eagle jeans, like Mm -hmm. stuff I was wearing in college that wasn't worth a lot of money, but had some resale value at the time. Um, I mean, I even sold on Facebook too at one point. It Mm -hmm. wasn't just Poshmark. And, um, and then eventually, like, I started to find, like, just Googling things on, and Instagram's a great resource, too, like, there's this whole community of resellers, um, and they post, like, what sold for them, and, like, for how much, and, uh, so I started using those and, like, caning my eye to, like, those brands, those styles,
0: and then picking them up. So that's what I was gonna ask you at some point too, is how you I guess you have to have knowledge of a lot of these brands to even know what like you're seeing and if it's valuable or not. So were you always interested in fashion or is this something you've kind of learned through reselling?
1: Um, well I personally love fashion. I used to want to be a fashion designer when I was growing up, but (laughs) it's not really like feasible and it's really hard to get into. So hey, um I've always like I mean, I love bold prints and colors, and that's what my eye is drawn to, so a lot of what I sell is similar to that, because I don't want to um, sell something that I don't love personally, because mm-hmm. then it's like hard for me to list and like get somebody else to buy it.
0: Right. Um, well, just for everyone's reference, she's sitting here in a leopard top with blue like bobble earrings and a large bun and you look very chic and Thank I you. am sitting here in no makeup and a workout t shirt because I'm going to go to Orange Theory after this. But I can definitely tell that you have a background in fashion or interior design, all those things, mm-hmm. just through the way that you've dressed the few times I've met you. Um and so that's really interesting. But I mean looking at like your Instagram page, seeing the kinds of things that you've picked up and thrifted, like you have to have some sort of background knowledge in what brands are actually even worth something. So um, that's cool to hear because I also wanted to be a fashion designer back in the day. It didn't quite work out for me. Yeah. But. Um,
1: <laughs> me neither, so it's
0: okay. Well, yeah. what is your favorite, like what platforms do you resell on and which one is your favorite?
1: Um, so right now I resell on, I would say four. Facebook is kind of iffy, like the mm-hmm. Facebook marketplace. That's just for like local things or specific niches. Um, like this brand called Cabby. There's just a group just for that. Um, but I sell it on Poshmark, this app called Macari, and then eBay. And I think Poshmark's my favorite just because there is that community around it. Um, they have events outside of the app mm-hmm. and where you can meet
0: fellow poshers. And, uh, it's almost like its own social media platform. Exactly. What? Tell me more about that app Macari. I have not heard of that one. Um,
1: it's like a <laughs> low-end Poshmark. It's like my... I cross post it just because it does get some views, but definitely not as much traffic as like eBay. How do you spell that? M E R C A R I.
0: Okay. I didn't know how that looked in my brain, like word wise. I was like, is it M C, like C K A? So, anyways, (laughs) have you ever sold on like Let Go or anything like that?
1: No, not clothes. Um, I've definitely sold furniture on there. Like, when I'm trying to move and stuff.
0: I went through like a hot phase there for trying to sell stuff on let go and it was real sketch yeah (laughs) that's
1: another thing you do with like facebook and let go craigslist and and craigslist you have to be aware of your surroundings and
0: i remember i was so mad like i i was just trying to sell little things here and there it was like during the summertime a couple summers ago where i have like little to no photography work and i was kind of like you know your girl needs to pay her rent so let's see what we can sell and i sold like a suitcase and like a pair of shorts but it was like sketchy people and they're like come meet me like 45 minutes away to buy these shorts for like 20 dollars i'm like this is not even worth my drive and then i get there and they only give me 15 and they're like okay bye and i'm like this is what (laughs) and you can't do anything because you're confronting them like in a parking lot like what am i supposed to do so that was really crazy but i do think i've had success with ebay stuff um both buying and selling things but i've never tried poshmark so uh i think i hear a lot of good things about poshmark
1: yeah, they're um they're trying to grow. They used to be mainly known for just women's clothing, mm-hmm. and now they're like adding more um what's the word? categories. So okay. they have men's clothing now, they have makeup and accessories, they're adding like a home section. So they're trying to like build this platform and what you can sell on it.
0: So tell me what some of your most surprising or biggest flips have been. Um
1: well, my biggest one recently We were talking about this. I was on Amazon, actually, which I didn't even mention, but I do um, Amazon FBA, which is where you um, buy new products that's still in the packaging, Mm -hmm. and you scan them and see how much they're worth for on the Amazon market, and then you can mail them in, and they'll ship them out for you. So I found this Rosetta Stone, which was, uh, I think, three versions of a Japanese Mm -hmm. version of it and it sold for $550 and how much did you buy it
0: for
1: (laughs) $6 oh my god so my mind was blown when that actually sold it did take like four months
0: yeah but but that was worth it because I mean it's such a little investment on the front end Mm -hmm. to just get it and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, even if I would have sold that for like 50, I I would have been like, wow, like (laughs) it's like $20. I'm like, amazing. Yeah. That's insane. So did you just do a lot of research to see how much that was worth and stick with it? Or did you have to like barter with anybody about it or,
1: um, no, actually. So, on their app, you scan the barcode, like, the manufacturer's
0: barcode, and it pulls up the prices that it's going for. And so it sets it there. You don't have mm-hmm. to worry about – because it's through Amazon, not, like, eBay, where people yeah. are messaging you and trying to – Yeah, you not, know, like, auctioning
1: an offer, okay. like, making offers to people. It's a set thing.
0: So what else do you sell on Amazon, then? Because I'm so intrigued by how all that works. Because I buy on Amazon a lot, and I never think about who is actually selling me the product. And it could mm-hmm. just be someone like you, like, who has these products at their house.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of everything. If I scan the barcode and it's uh, a greater return than what I paid for, i say, like, I don't know, at least 20%, then I'll pick it up and mail it in. But, um, yeah, it could be everything from, like, stuffed animals to books, like, used books or like,
0: mm-hmm. a big thing, that. like,
1: textbooks and, um,
0: like, It's really big. So... If they have to be, if they're not the used books, if it has to be, like, new and in the packaging, are these things that you're finding at, like, Goodwill that are new in packaging, or are you, like, at Walmart scanning things and seeing, like, does it sell higher on Amazon than here, and then just buy it?
1: Um, I usually do thrift stores, because that's where I normally am. Yeah. Like, if I'm there looking for clothes and browse like, the hard goods section, and see if there's anything that's, like, brand new. Man, this is
0: blowing my mind. So... I mean, everyone who goes to, like, a thrift store knows, like, the atmosphere and how you have to, like, really pick through some stuff. So what are, how, how does your normal, like, experience go, going to, like, any Goodwill? Oh, a typical day. Yeah. Oh,
1: man, it's different every day. Um, So I usually look at, like, the to-go back racks, because, or the ones that are going out, because that's, like. Nobody's looked over that and it hasn't been picked through. Um, so there I find a lot of, like, new tags items um, in the higher-end brands. And then I go to the shoes because I love flipping shoes. Um, and then I look through, I think. Then I basically go through every rock. So I was going to say, so you yeah. go through
0: the whole store. You're looking for yeah. everything. doesn't matter what Yeah. type of product it is. Mm-hmm
1: unless crazy. I've been there like within the past week and then I normally don't do that.
0: So but. do you find that the inventory is changing on a weekly basis pretty heavily or is it kind mm-hmm. of the same for like a week or a month?
1: Um, yeah, I would say it's different like every two weeks. They okay. they tend to like go through stuff really quickly um, which is and people are donating stuff all the time too that's mm-hmm. why like it's good to go frequently um, and yeah, I mean it ch- it changes every time like what I find really.
0: <laughs> so, what I mean? So, is your basket normally like full? Like you're at Goodwill, like buying like a hundred things, or is it like you usually just find one thing every now and then?
1: Um, it depends on the day. Yeah, like there are some days where I find like everything, and um, and then days I find nothing. Like I leave empty-handed. So it is hit or miss. Um, but that's like the fun part of it.
0: Yeah. Like, no, treasure hunting, one hundred percent. So. Do you prefer, like, certain thrift stores over others? Like, I know Goodwill's pretty national. Like, do you go to Salvation Army or any, like, local thrift stores? Or um, do you pretty much stick to the Goodwills?
1: Um, Right now, I stick to Goodwills mostly just because I don't know a lot of the thrift stores in this area. Mm -hmm. But you were mentioning, like, a few good ones that... I should check out. Yeah, um, I can
0: definitely write you a list because when I moved here in college, like my parents were never like thrift store people. My mom's very frugal and like she likes to bargain hunt, but she was always like creeped out by thrift stores. So (laughs) growing up, I never really got to go to thrift stores, but we'd go to like TJ Maxx and Big Lots and, Mm. you know, Nordstrom Rack, all those places that have like the, you know, discounted products. But a neighbor of mine growing up, her mom um, was super crafty and would always like go to Goodwill and get old jeans and she would paint on them and then she'd sell them at markets and so there were a couple times when I was growing up that I'd go to thrift stores with their family because she was always looking for like used denim or different things that she could like refurbish or paint on um and so I remember when I was little I saw a pair of Dickies shorts Mm -hmm. it was like seventh grade and that was like the thing you know I was into good Charlotte and I wanted Dickies (laughs) my mom would not buy me Dickies because she didn't like them um but there was a pair of Dickie shorts for like eight dollars at like I think it was called savers is the name of the thrift store in mm-hmm. Phoenix yeah. when I lived there. And that just like always stuck with me because I'm like, why am I not doing this? Cause like, these are the pants my mama let me buy cause they're expensive, <laughs> but here I am, I can get them for $8. Yeah. So I just always liked thrift stores. So moving to Baton Rouge for college, I was like, I can go to all the thrift thr- thrift stores I want now. Cause like, <laughs> why not? And I would always like get like weird t-shirts. I don't know why I thought that was cool, but I'd get like t-shirts to wear oh, to like, like, to school with like my Nike shorts yeah like, it'd be like the Baton Rouge King cake festival and I'm like I didn't grow up here but for some reason I want this shirt yeah like I love the vintage looks so I could definitely give you a list of some cool places in town but um I'm just more interested in like how you're flipping the- like it's just mind-boggling that you're doing this full-time because I know when I sell one thing on eBay I'm like amazing I made mm-hmm. like two dollars by the time I ship it and <laughs> package it and <laughs> all that but so do you have like a room in your house for inventory or are you just kind of like yeah. Doing it as it comes?
1: Yeah. So we have a two-bedroom apartment, mm-hmm. and one of the rooms is technically, like, my workroom slash my boyfriend's music room. Mm-hmm. So I have, like, all of my, um, my storage bins in there. I have, like, the place where I take my photographs and, um, like, a little desk. So it it works for now i mean i would love to expand but we don't have that much room in our apartment right now
0: well so when you're taking photographs of it like how are you doing that are you doing it on like a white background are you modeling the clothes like how are you yeah
1: doing? so right now i just have like a piece of white paper
0: on <laughs> my yeah. to my wall yeah
1: um and i do have a lighting kit it's not like necessary for everybody but i find like i like the look of that more mm-hmm. than taking it with natural light. um I just like the starkness of it.
0: and, yeah, just a hanger
1: and a- hang them up and good to go.
0: So this is interesting, you said that because when I was first starting to sell on eBay, well, that's not true. I first started selling e- on eBay like in high school and college and didn't go much with it. But the past like two years, I kind of have gotten more into it. And as a photographer, I thought like I could take these bomb photos of the product and like edit them and make them look like super high quality, and I found they weren't selling. And then when I started taking pictures with my phone and not editing them at all, they sold. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a really interesting, like, psychological thing where it's, like, I guess people shopping, if it's a good... Like, a quote unquote, good photo, they think it's not like real.
1: Yeah. And then so, that issue. yeah.
0: And so I started just like, which kills me because I like to color correct, I like to edit, yeah. I like to brighten. I was like putting them on my little furry right rug. And you yeah. know, like now, if I just take like a crappy photo of it hanging on my door, for some reason it sells because I guess people think it's like a relatable person selling it and so they know it's real right. versus like those weird um, conglomerates that sell through eBay and so mm-hmm. they have like all these stock photos. So I thought that was really interesting and it. Kind of is the same with sometimes just on Instagram as a whole because, like, people want to be related. They want to feel relatable to yeah. what they're looking at. And so if you have, like, this amazing photos, sometimes it doesn't perform as good as, like, this selfie I take, which I thought was a really interesting, like, almost, like, science experiment. But what are your thoughts on that, like, selling the photos that way?
1: Yeah, that's definitely been a, like, a guessing game for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, at first, if you look from what my photos used to look like, to now, because I've been doing this for six years, um, it used to have all these different filters and, like, the little borders around them mm-hmm. and, like, really cheesy looking. <laughs> um, but now I just do, like, the crisp white background. Mm-hmm. And I think it's working for me. I mean, I personally use stock photos because not everything that I buy fits me. Mm-hmm. So I like to show what that looks like, um, on a person.
0: So you just go, you just search what it is and try to go find, like, the original yeah. catalog photo from it or something? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. Um, so, are you like when you come home with a product, do you immediately like list it or do you hang on to it? Like, are there seasons for selling? Is are things sold more? Um, I can't formulate my words right now. But like, are there certain times of the year that are better to sell for certain products? Like, are you waiting till like winter to sell like the sweater? Or oh whatever? no, no, um,
1: stuff sells like at all times of the year. Like, okay, I mean, like, unfortunately, like Poshmark is just. In the U.S. right now, Mm -hmm. they're expanding to Canada. Um, But with eBay, it's international. Like, Mm -hmm. you can offer international shipping. So, um, I mean, it's a different season all over the world at all times. Um, I've sold – I just sold a bikini top the other day. So – Okay. And, I mean, it's technically –
0: not here, but – So there's not, like, a whole lot of strategy behind what or when you're selling. You're just kind of getting it and then going home and snapping it, getting it up.
1: Yeah, usually, like, I normally don't wash them because people usually wash, gently use mm-hmm. clothes anyway. And mm-hmm. you don't know with, like, detergents and all that. Mm-hmm. But I do steam them and make sure they're clean and, like, have no flaws and that sort of thing. And then photograph and then package them and
0: wait. So when you're listing it, what kind of things do you put in the descriptions? Like, are there, like, ways to do keywords that are more beneficial than other to Yeah, waste.
1: definitely. Um, I always try to find the product name, like, if it's a certain um, style name from the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. And then um, always include sizing, um, how it fits, uh, measurements are, like, key, because mm-hmm. you're buying something you can't try it on. So, always include those. Um, and lately, I've been including, like, features of the items. So, like, for instance, top, ties mm-hmm. at the top, mm-hmm. I would include, like v-neck top with cross-stitching and um ruched sleeves just to make it like as detailed
0: as possible so they know what they're getting i that was always an issue with me is i'd list something and someone would message me and be like what are the measurements of this part of it and i'm like i don't know it's a size 10 like i don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like i hated doing want like, this is too. Yeah. right you ask too many questions but i'm like i guess if you're trying to buy something online, which I never do, I never buy clothes online, like ever. So I That's can't relate to it. I don't it. either. Like I go to stores, I try on it. <laughs> if They don't have it. I'm like, that sucks. And yeah. then I just move on. And so it's like, I was talking to this blogger, crystal Faircloth. She's on episode three, I think. And like, so much of her business is her buying things online or being sent products and then she's turning around and linking them for people to buy online mm-hmm. and I just can't relate to that. Like, I have liked to know it and I link some of my stuff but I'm always buying it in person somewhere. Yeah. So, I forget that internet shopping is like a huge thing for people. Like, I don't think you could pay me to try to buy a swimsuit online. No. Like, or jeans. Or <laughs> and like that's a bra. Cause that's
1: like, like what I'm doing. But no, it's just Some I, people are just
0: different but I could never do that. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, so when they were asking me about measurements, I'm just like why do you like just it's a size whatever just buy it yeah (laughs) please (laughs) from me um what are some more big flips that you've had besides the rosetta stone Uh, let's see
1: clothing wise um i sold i'm trying to think oh these pair of i can't pronounce is mumu you want
0: to say show me your mumu or like the product okay yes I don't know if that's how you say it either, but... I think that's how you say it. The Prada person. It's, like, related to Prada. Yes, yes. Okay.
1: And it was, like, a pair of um, knee-high leather Wait, time out.
0: You found those at Goodwill? Yes. Holy moly.
1: People donate all kinds of stuff.
0: Okay, I don't... If you're donating, like... High fashion in Baton Rouge. Like I need to know who, who you this are. person is. Yeah. I'd like to know who you are, so you can just go to their house from now on and just take it from I them. Know. Just be like, <laughs> <laughs> give me your. Just thing. give it to me now because I'm gonna go get it. That's insane. Wait, so continue. Sorry.
1: Yeah. So they were these uh, genuine leather knee high boots, and they just had like a kitten heel. So they weren't like, uh, and they were my size. And it's so hard not to keep everything. Oh but yeah. they, I think they flipped for three hundred.
0: Oh my gosh! And how much did you get them for? Uh, Eight dollars. <gasps> This I need to get in on this. <laughs> no, that's cra- That's another thing you brought up. So it's got to be so hard to shop because when I shop, I'm shopping for myself always. Even if I'm shopping for someone else, I'm always looking to see what I want. Yeah. So if you're shopping to resell, that's got to be so hard to part ways with things. Yes,
1: that's my number one rule: don't try on the inventory.
0: Oh man!
1: Unless I absolutely love something, I don't I would try keep it, on it all. It'd be such a
0: problem. It's hard. It's oh my hard gosh. to let go, but. So does it help you to shop in other sizes? Because then you're like, oh, it doesn't fit me. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I buy everything, like, across the board, so.
0: Even, like, children's clothes and things like that?
1: Um, Sometimes. It depends on the item. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's a good thing and I know I can flip it for a good price, then I'll pick it up. But I normally don't sell, like, men's and children's.
0: Right, because you said it's kind of, like, on brand for whatever you like. Yeah.
1: And it's, like, I know women's clothing, like, and I know what I personally like. So I try to, like, sell things that... I'm excited about because then you can probably write the keywords like, better yeah. too when
0: you're describing something that you like. So are you, do you have a scale at home to weigh everything? Like what is your packaging process like? Cause that was the number one deterrent from like me wanting to sell stuff. Cause packaging it is like a whole other situation. Yeah,
1: it really is. Um, and eBay is kind of a pain when it comes to that. You do have to know like the exact weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they only do... They could do first class or priority shipping.
0: Yeah. And... Which I still don't understand the difference. Yeah. For- <laughs> it's
1: up to... So first class is up to a pound. And okay. then priority is anything heavier than that. Okay. I think up to five pounds. Okay. And... Um, but with Poshmark, they make it great because it's a flat rate shipping that... Um, now they have an option where you can pay shipping. Like the buyer can... Or the seller can pay shipping um but that's a flat rate of like 5.95 6.95 no matter
0: what the mm-hmm. thing is oh that's and good that's a really good can, deal yeah
1: and then you just package it up in the priority mailing stuff from the post office so you don't have to pay for supplies it's free
0: that's really nice yeah
1: and um it just makes it really simple and it gets
0: to them quick i feel like back when i started doing ebay stuff For some reason, it was easier. I don't know if they've changed guidelines or what over the past years, but it's another world. And you go to the post office, and no one knows anything, and you stand in line for like an hour, and everyone's really disgruntled all the time. And I don't know. It's not a happy place. Well, and because I I sell a little bit of merch on my website, so I'm already going there to sell like a hat or a shirt or whatever. So I can usually get away with the small... like bubble envelopes mm-hmm. and it would cost about like 3 or 4 dollars shipping and then I charge like 4 to 5 dollars to ship so I can like cover the packaging yeah. costs and um the time and all that to get there but I when I I had to sold the I had to sold I sold a camera bag backpack once and it was like a really expensive camera bag that I bought it was like 100 something dollars and I used it once and I hated it and mm-hmm. it just sat around so I finally was like let me list it and I think I sold it for like 75 which not bad because it was gently used, but um, trying to ship that sucker was, like, a pain because it's a backpack. So, I mean, I had to go buy this box and I went to, like... Walmart, they didn't have a box that big, because Walmart always has cheaper boxes, and then yeah. I went to the post office, and they didn't know what to tell me, and then I went to the UPS store, and then I spent, like, $20 on the stupid box that was big enough, and then <laughs> packaged it up, and then I went to go ship it, and they were like, oh, if you used a box one inch smaller, it'd be, like, $10 cheaper to oh ship. Gosh. I'm like, oh my god, this is, like, and it's just cutting into everything I just made. Like, yeah. it's just pointless at this point. So, like, what are your tips for, like, packaging things? Like, how do you, is it beneficial to have a scale? Is it beneficial to buy supplies from places other than the post office?
1: Yeah, um, if you're selling primarily on eBay, I would definitely recommend having a scale because they do do weigh the packages as they come in and make sure, like, the weight that you put on your label is the same. Mm -hmm. Um, But with other things, I keep it really simple. I used to do, like, all the bows and frills and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. um, because Poshmark did really push that at first. But trying to be, like, sustainable and helping the earth... (laughs) I just do, like, a simple plastic bag, make sure it's sealed and away from the outside elements, and um, I put, like, a little business card in there. And mm-hmm. Just keep it really simple, because uh, people don't want a lot of trash
0: right? when they're receiving something. So, I guess that's interesting, because you're, you're kind of, like, I mean, you're your own store, essentially. So, you have, like, a little brand, and you have, like, a business card, and so when you're packaging things, are you trying to implement that branding into the packaging, like with the business card, are you hoping that they come back to buy more from you or you want them to go follow you on Instagram or what's your Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So
1: it has, um I should have grabbed you one. Um but it has like my Instagram handle, mm-hmm. my ebay handle and my Poshmark handle on it. Um and just like thanks them for shopping my closet and hopefully I mean it's cute, so hopefully mm-hmm. they like hold on to it. Some people probably throw them away but
0: Well that's really <laughs> smart because obviously you're doing this full time and someone like me is just doing it every now and then. But I, I did put my photography business card in with that camera bag. Cause it was going yeah. to a photographer. And so I was like, and then he ended up emailing me and was like, your work's nice. And I was like, thanks. Uh, oh. But it doesn't make sense for me to put my business card in something that I'm selling. That's not photography. So I guess for you, you're like basically like a brand of reselling. That's really smart for you to like brand it as if like you're like an online store, even though you're using other platforms to sell. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done stuff on Etsy?
1: no I haven't and I've been wanting to get into vintage clothing I've been saying that forever but again that's like its whole little niche Mm -hmm. that you have to know what you're looking for and um like identifying those different decades and Mm -hmm. styles and everything but um and that's what Etsy's pretty great for for vintage clothing like vintage and handmade right yeah, yeah not so much like modern styles I think
0: so you just resell what you get. Do you at all alter any of them ever? Because I know some people will, like, well, like, I told you my mom or my friend's mom would, like, paint on something. Like, do you ever do anything that's, like, kind of creative with the clothing and then resell it, or?
1: No, I haven't done that, but that would be mm. pretty cool. That's, like, along the lines of Girl Boss.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess yeah. so. And styling it and putting them all together. Mm-hmm. Do you ever try to sell multiple things at once, like, like, as a package thing, or do you sell everything individually?
1: Yeah, it depends on the item. So, uh one time I had speaking of like children's clothes, I had this bundle of um Lululemon has their own line of girls activewear called I think Evia, and I found a bunch of like um tops and bottoms and I bundled those together as like one sale mm-hmm. cuz they were all the same size. Mm-hmm. So, do you find that helps
0: to sell sometimes when it's packaged like that?
1: I think so. Um, I mean, it, everything sells eventually. You just have to have the right buyer.
0: I know Lululemon is, like, easily sold. Like, yes. I actually sold a couple of things, and it was just, like, within 30 seconds of listing. I had, mm-hmm. like, five messages about it and then, like, a sale notification. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, those <What? laughs> slip so quickly. <sighs> and, yeah, I mean, that's crazy, too, because I had, like, headbands. And I bought them a long time ago thinking they were fun for yoga and then I realized that they would slingshot out of my head every time I did yoga <laughs> and they would like, hit the person next to me so I held on to them forever and then listed them and I think I packaged those together because it was like two or three of the same headband different colors and they sold like shockingly fast so yeah. what are some things that you have sold super fast like that
1: um like yeah definitely Lululemon I'm trying to think of other brands I have like bread and butter brands mm-hmm. that I always look for when I'm out and then th- so that's like J. Crew, uh, Madewell, um, Lily Pulitzer, like the newer styles sell a lot. Um, mm, I don't know. Those are like the ones that are coming to the top of my head. Mm-hmm.
0: So I know you said you, mo- you mainly go to thrift stores, but like, do you ever like check out the super sale racks at like TJ Maxx or something? Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. They have, um, their, I think it's called the yellow, yellow dot sale or something, And no, that's Nordstrom Rack that has Mm -hmm. that. And they mark down things up to 75%. And
0: they're like generally designer. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you can find some good stuff sometimes. And um, TJ Maxx has penny sales sometimes where every so often you'll be going through the clearance racks and things
0: will be for a penny. So I feel like you're kind of like those extreme couponers (laughs) in a sense. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Clothing. I just thought about that just now. So do you have like a spreadsheet or something that tells you like when certain stores are getting inventory, like when sales are happening or do you just like keep your eyes and ears open? Um,
1: Instagram's a great, great resource for that. Really? People are always posting like, Oh my, a local TJ Maxx just had this. Keep an eye out. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of resellers out there. Um, but, that being said, like anybody can do it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, um, like you just have to start somewhere. But I think, I mean, there's just always going to be stuff like the people are always going to be donating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a never ending
0: Yeah, exactly. Thing. <laughs> um, well, so because you've kind of branded yourself, do you find that you have like a lot of repeat clients on those platforms or is it just like random people all the time?
1: Um, it really depends. I mean... I've had some repeat clients. I think earlier on I did, but since it's such a big platform now, I think it has – Poshmark has 7 billion users. Oh, my gosh. So I've been finding that it's, like, random customers mm-hmm. each time.
0: Do you – wait, I had a question, and I just forgot it. Oh, I didn't type it down. Oh, would you ever um, Would you ever consider, like uh, – I can't talk. Y'all, I'm so sorry. Sometimes I wonder why I have a podcast. Um, do you ever think about – Selling things for other people, is what I'm trying to say. Like, like you know those eBay brokers or whatever. Like, do you ever do that, or do you just sell what you find?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm doing that right now. Oh, really? Yeah, for my stepmom, actually. Oh. She, um, she had a bunch of, like, awesome things in her closet that she didn't want anymore, like, Christian Louis Vuitton. Oh, my God. Heels and Jimmy What Chew's. size is she? <laughs> you
0: know, <I'll> just take <laughs> them.
1: They're, like, a seven and a half. Oh, dang it. Eight and a half. But they're really cute. And, yeah. like, in the box, like, great condition. Oh, my gosh. Um... And then it was like, yeah, Tory Birch, like all these high-end brands. Mm-hmm.
0: And
1: I That must like, be, your yeah, eyes must so. be like the
0: heart eyes, like that emoji. Yes, like,
1: <laughs> I got this big box of stuff and I opened it and I was like, oh my gosh, wow, I've never seen these in person.
0: Yeah. So wait, so how does that work? Do you just take a commission off what they sell or is there like a flat fee that someone pays you to list for you? Yeah, for yeah. Them? I
1: usually do like 20 to 25% depending on how much the item goes for. Um, so with like the higher end items, I'll take a higher percentage.
0: And so you do those under your brand Mm -hmm. accounts. So would you not accept something if it wasn't in alignment with your current style or taste?
1: Yeah. Like if it's not, um, I don't know if it's not up to like my standards of condition Mm -hmm. or like, yeah, if it's not something I think. Personally, will sell. Then I will normally tell them and be like, "Listen, I'll take these items, but not these." And- so you're like
0: your own Plato's Closet. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which speaking of, let's talk about. But Play-Doh's I make you closet. more money. <laughs> yeah, more money,
0: and let's talk about Plato's Closet because I feel like that's like the largest scam in America. Yeah,
1: they're the bane of my existence. <laughs> I
0: don't. I don't understand. Like, I'll have like a designer piece not like a super design, I'm not that rich, but you know, like something nice and like I'll bring it there and they'll literally offer me like $3. Yeah. Or like I'll give them a bag of a hundred things and they'll be like, we can give you $20 for everything in this bag. And I'm like, that's not even, how is that legal? I know.
1: And then it's so, (laughs) and then they sell it for like 10 times the price. But it's just.
0: I love that meme that's like, Oh, I'm sorry. We can't accept... We're only accepting trendy things now. And it's, like, this picture of, like, these, like, terrible shoes. And, like, this is what you're selling in your store. Like, what I gave you was trendy. There used to be a resale shop in Baton Rouge, similar to Plato's Closet. And I think it closed. Um, Oh,
1: Style Encore? No. That one's still open. No, I've actually not been
0: there. And I'm not going to say the name, because I don't know who listens to this podcast. But it was always... They had good stuff, but I was always treated so, like, rudely when I'd bring stuff in. And so it was kind of a turnoff. And that's what really got me wanting to sell myself on eBay. Because I'd bring stuff in there, and they'd be like, oh, we don't like it. We're not going to sell any of this. I'm like, this is currently in style. Like, it's in good condition. I bought it, like, last year. Mm -hmm. It's (laughs) – I don't understand. Yeah. (laughs) Everything in this store matches it. And so I always felt a little miffed about that. So I'd come home and be like, okay, I'll just list it myself. And then eventually I would just give up if it didn't sell and then just donate it. Um, So what are your, like, tips for, like – staying motivated if something's not selling
1: um definitely relisting things even if it has a hundred likes i think um by relisting them on the platforms it gives one it puts it to the top of the list of things that are just in and it gets a new audience Mm -hmm. and i find that that's been successful for me uh not everybody likes to do that but um i think it works well and it like gets in front of new eyes
0: so taking it off one platform and putting it on another one?
1: Um, does that, that work? or Well, cross-posting things. That's mm-hmm. why I sell it on three different platforms because it's like three times the audience. And then, um, but relisting the same thing on the same platform and deleting the old
0: listing. Right. So when you're selling, you're cross-promoting it on different platforms. Are you just trying to keep, like, who, who does it sell to first? The highest person or the first one?
1: Yeah, kind of. Um, so, like, last night I sold something on eBay. And then immediately I go and delete it off the other platforms because right. you don't want it to sell on two things because then you have to cancel a sale. But I really haven't run into that issue, mm-hmm. luckily. But
0: Man, so you are probably pretty busy if you're doing this full time. So like every day you're just waking up and either selling or going out to find things?
1: Yeah, for the most part. I usually like package up uh, things that sold the day before and then... Uh, I try to photograph some things and luckily I can do everything from my phone. Mm-hmm. So if I'm tired of sitting at home, I can go to a coffee shop and like edit photos there and list stuff there. Um, and then, yeah, I try to usually go to a thrift store and see what they have. And
0: so are you going to thrift stores like on a daily basis? Um, I go every few days. That's really cool. Yeah. And you mentioned to me too, like that since you've moved here, cause you moved from Boston, correct? Mm-hmm. That you don't have a car. Because in Boston, you could walk everywhere, and in Baton Rouge, you definitely can't. So how is that, like, impacting your schedule right now?
1: Um, It's a little harder to plan out. Luckily, like, my boyfriend lets me use his car every so often, but...
0: And Uber exists, Yeah, Uber (laughs)
1: exists down here, so that's good. Um, But... I mean, I just kind of, like, have to plan out my day. and
0: Yeah. Are you being strategic about, like, if I go here, I'm going to hit up this, this, and this while I'm over yeah, there? Yeah, exactly. Okay.
1: Like, there's a post office right by it. I know where all the post office, the Goodwills, and the Starbucks are. <laughs> <in> <laughs> hey, that's,
0: that's a really good map to have. Um, well, I definitely can recommend a couple of thrift shops for you. Um, and I think, I mean, down the street from me, there's a vintage store and a thrift shop and a coffee shop and a record store. So I don't know what you're doing after this, but <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hit up those. Um, so do you have any tips for finding like a diamond in the rough? Like, do you have any tips for someone who doesn't know anything about this? Like walking into a thrift store, like what is a good way for them to identify what would be something good to sell? Um, Google is your friend.
1: Like I, if I don't know a brand, I look it up, I see what it's going for mm-hmm. on the different platforms, um, what it retails for, and just yeah really doing your research is probably the most important thing um and just starting somewhere uh it could be I don't know it could be vintage it could be new like just look it up like that's the biggest thing is is doing your
0: research so would you ever consider opening up like a brick and mortar like consignment store
1: I wish. The overhead would, like... Kill you. Yeah. It wouldn't be worth it, just because of the amount of traffic that e-commerce gets, Mm -hmm. like, and the number of people that use those different apps. Like, I don't think there would be any real benefit, but I would love to own, like... A thrift store slash coffee yeah. shop.
0: <laughs> I think in my, like, other lives, I owned, like, an antique store or something, because I'm the same. Like, I just love antiques so much, and mm-hmm. there's so many I want to buy, and I have no reason for all these knickknacks, and I don't have room, but I wish I could just, like, have a store a where collection. they're all in there. Yeah. And then if someone bought it, I'd feel so happy. I'd be like, oh, it's going to a home. Yeah. We, we, we kind of talked about antiques before we started, too. So what are, what are your viewpoints on, like, reselling antiques or um, any of that kind of stuff or having to refurbish things to sell them?
1: I've done it personally. Like when I was in college, all of my furniture was either, um, from relatives Mm -hmm. or stuff that I found at like yard sales or flea markets and I refurbished them. Um, I haven't done that in a while and I really want to, but without a car, it's kind of hard because you can't like move those pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I think it would be awesome to like
0: refurbish things and sell them. Do you think your background in interior design kind of fuels that
1: yeah definitely I I mean I, we were talking about this earlier but I'm a sucker for like mid-century furniture mm-hmm. and like, same here want all the like eames and
0: staring pieces of furniture I just want a bigger house so I can I know buy all the, well, also I need a bigger budget <laughs> that um, too money is like I mean we're balling on a budget for now but I definitely like antique pieces and um I think it'd be so fun to like That would be your job, to go find antiques or to be a buyer. Or even, like, the vintage store down the street. Shout out to Time Warp. Um, That sounds like the coolest job is to have, like, people that go out and, like, literally look all over the United States for pieces Mm -hmm. to bring back to your store just so you can, like, price them and hang them up and then sell them. Like, that sounds so fun. Uh, Did you – or have you ever thought about just doing, like, a website with your products straight up on your site to sell? Or are you going to always kind of do stuff on the other platforms? Um,
1: I've thought about it, but like like I was saying, since those platforms have so many users right it, looking
0: for those specific things. yeah,
1: it kind of makes more sense for me to just stick with those for now, but maybe eventually like my brand will be big enough that I can branch off and
0: yeah, I mean have I guess that's kind site. of how nasty gal happened, huh because it turned into like exactly an actual brand which if you're listening and you haven't read Girl Boss or watched the show or you don't know who Sophia Amoruso is, you should probably look her up. Um, she's very controversial. I feel like a lot of people love her or they hate her, but she also has a really good podcast called Girl Boss Radio, which is kind of what inspired this podcast. And I think she's really cool to um, to research if you don't know who she is yet. But she basically is doing what Teresa is doing, but she did it like in the early two thousands yeah. and kind of built a big brand out of it. But um, it's really inspiring to see that you're just going to a store and coming home and then like (laughs) flipping things for like 500 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Do you find it, um, steady? Like, are, is it, are you worried about it being your full-time gig or is it always growing and getting better?
1: Uh, yes. I mean, that's the biggest, my biggest complaint with it is that it is unstable. Like Mm -hmm. not every day has sales. Um, some days I have like my best sales day ever. And then other days I don't make anything yeah. So it, well,
0: that's like true to almost any body with products. Exactly. And anybody that
1: worked for themselves really. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it definitely was like hard to get used to at first, but then you like, you eventually realize like, Oh, well, what can I be doing to like, um, move my products? So mm-hmm. I'll have sales. Um, and just like constantly thinking about, um, the buyers and, like, what they're looking for and trying to market your product in that sense.
0: Yeah, I think that whole feast or famine mentality really is a driving force to, like, make you figure it out. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> once it's, like, it's fun when it's a hobby, but then once it's, like, what you're relying yeah. on, it really puts a fire under your butt to be, like... That's a whole new ball game. Yeah, like, you can't fail because if you fail, then you don't eat. Exactly. Um, and I don't think people realize that. They think people who have creative careers, like it's a fun, like we're sitting at home all day, like eating bonbons, like watching Netflix. And it's like, mm, maybe once maybe in a while, days, but, but not every day. <laughs> no, cause if I did that every day, then I wouldn't be able to afford Netflix, <laughs> right. you know? So it's, it's interesting to hear from people from all walks of creative entrepreneurship, which is kind of why I started this podcast. And I'm really glad you reached out to me about doing it because, um, you have a very interesting like niche that you're doing here. And I think Obviously, it's working out for you, which is really cool. So where can people find you? And, you know, where do you want to direct people to come find you for your um, reselling products?
1: Sure. So um, Instagram is a big source for me. Mm-hmm. It's at underscore underscore in the wild. Okay. And then Poshmark is the same name, but without the underscores.
0: Okay. So I guess before we go, while I'm on that subject, what made you choose in the wild as like your reselling
1: your brand name um so there's a saying amongst resellers it's I found blank brand in the wild okay and nobody had like um chose that name yet so I was like you know what not many people would get it but it's fun and
0: I I just am looking at you in a leopard shirt too and I love how on brand you are with that like whole (laughs) tagline and how even on your Instagram I'm looking at right now, like, you are posting lots of, like, animal print and bold prints. And I think that's really
1: yeah, cons- it's like conscious of like you. Yeah, what you find and um, about the hunt, essentially.
0: That's a really fun way to look at it. Well, on that note, I'm going to thank you for coming. And definitely going to go look at your eBay and Poshmark closet because I need to sell some stuff and I need some tips. Um But if y'all have any questions about Teresa or anything, give me an email and make sure to go look her up and ask her about any resale uh, questions you might have.
1: Thank you, Jordan.
0: Thank you. So since I don't properly know how to end an interview or a podcast, it's always this awkward thing I leave you hanging. I figured I would just pop back in to see if y'all could share, rate, review, and subscribe the podcast um, if you're enjoying it. And also, if you have any topic suggestions or interview suggestions, give me an email, jordan at jordanheifer.com. I really appreciate all y'all's support in the first week of this being released. And I'm going to be releasing as many more as I can during the month of January, uh, trying to get a bunch up by February. And then from there, I will have some sort of schedule for y'all for a consistent release as far as how many times a week and when. So thanks again, and stay tuned for more episodes coming at y'all soon.